You're listening to Draw Knives, a Top Chef recap podcast with your host, Bernard and Nadia. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Draw Knives podcast. I'm Bernard. I'm Nadia. And we have big week, Restaurant Wars. Yeah, it's the one. The one. one. It's the one everyone (laughs) wants to talk about. It's the one that I have a complicated relationship with because I always feel like it's an insane episode to Mm -hmm. do. Um, But I will say the structure of this particular restaurant wars, I was really into. So it starts off um, with Claire Smith, who is a huge deal in the culinary Mm -hmm. world. She's a three-star Michelin chef. I think she was the first uh, female chef to ever win uh, or be awarded three stars by Michelin in the UK. Is that right? Yeah, I believe so. Um, and, uh, so she's a huge deal. Her return Uh is core, um, C O R E. Uh, she's a huge deal. Uh, she was, uh, someone who worked previously, I'm sure other places, but notably at, uh, for Gordon Ramsay. That's how she actually met Buddha because Buddha was one of her, um, uh, sous chefs there. Um, so there's, and we knew this going in because she had, he had mentioned her, Whenever he talks about like his, his inspirations and people who have been his mentors, he always talks about Claire Smith. He mentioned her multiple times um, this season as well as in his previous season last season. So he has a lot of affection and professional uh, love for Claire Smith. Um, so we, the big twist to this episode for me right off the bat sort of sets a lot of things in motion um the chefs are not saddled with having to do with any of the front of the house stuff right which i i i've always felt like is ridiculous that they're even <laughs> ever it's a little unfair um it's, it's really unfair and it's an easy target yeah to be put on their back because they're like well you know they have this they're not supposed they're not normally in front of the house a. right and then B, they're not there to execute the dish that they conceive to be. So it's like they're out there in an environment they're not comfortable in, right? Right. And then they, they don't even know of, how their dish is turning right. out behind they, the scenes. And, 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 to, and because they don't know how to, they're not out in front, they're not given, they're not typically sort of like wired to deal with the stress of mm-hmm. or the so there's this there's it's really awkward nine times out of ten turns out this is not going to happen none of the front of the house nonsense is going to be under their purview which is great especially when you're going to be yeah. in claire smith's restaurant core yes i also did appreciate it for this particular season because of the international yes. contestants and like language barriers and yes. also service is very different in different countries so Agreed. it's it's unfair to put you know an international candidate up against like a, a like a an american um uh sort of uh standardized setting for sure for sure and also um that is always when you have to do front of the house that is a factor when you are picking teams right Mm -hmm. like i remember the very first um all-star season um dale talday he Mm -hmm. picks like in the third round of his choices he picks um uh fabio if you remember fabio Mm -mm. it's like well maybe yeah like really charming but okay. he's like, 
he's he's he, he i think they all sort of thought of him as like he's a fine chef but he's a really good front of the house person yeah so he was able to get have steal him to and be strategize like, in that and strategize way. And yeah. think that way like i know he's he would probably fall to the last round yes get him one round early because i know that he can just deal with the front of the house i don't have to deal with this and it's gonna be yeah great. yeah so, um you can just think from a strategic perspective when you're given choices about just food. Like, how do you want to create this team? Mm-hmm. So they draw knives, um, and Victoire gets first pick, and Buddha gets second. Right away, um, I don't like the random draw knives for this particular challenge. I kind of like the idea of cooking, and then top two would get it, but fine. We got a random draw. Victoire mm-hmm. gets first pick, and Victoire, I mean, this is a big moment, because you can pick anyone other than Buddha. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I would have picked Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah <laughs> but but not given buddha she has i think a choice of two people personally she picks one of them she picks tom which mm-hmm. i think from a cooking perspective feels really right for her but, mm-hmm. yes but i feel like for chemistry not sure she's he's the right call you know agree he's, yes it's, it's yes um he's just something kind of and i I hope I'm not insulting anyone here. Sort of flippant about his demeanor in general. Like yeah. I understand, like he doesn't seem he sort of seems removed and engaged, as we'll discover in this in this episode. Yeah. And I'm just getting like it's just his I just want to say he's very like European. And I yeah, don't mean that very in a European. bad way. It's just right. a different, it's just a different demeanor. Like he doesn't react the way that other people would react <laughs> in situations that I'm like uh, or like just like anger or like he just doesn't react He's a lot more stoic than Very stoic yeah. and i just mm-hmm. think that that seems like and and i think it can be brusque like it can be yes. brusque and it can change attempt chemistry of a team and so when you pick first i think it was between two people for those two reasons i think it's between tom um who we know Buddha would have t- taken Tom if, if Tom was available, mm-hmm. uh, but he picks. But Ali's the second choice, and mm-hmm. Ali. And I think Ali actually should have been the Victoire's first pick. Um, that would have changed things significantly, significantly right? Yes, and, because Ali's an awesome chef, but he he is like energetically perfect. Yeah, he is he's a like a good team player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and he's he's his opinions. His food is really good. But he's something about like I would want to cook next to him. I would not mm-hmm. want to cook next to Tom. And that is not a diss on Tom's um, cookery and his ability. He's very very talented. Uh, mm-hmm. I, some would argue I would think that he's the most talented chef here in terms of his work. However, I would much rather stand next to and cook with Ali if I were on a sure. team. Sure. And it's probably just because he, there's something about his energy that is just so, even when he's stressed, he doesn't seem like he's upset with anyone other than the situation. Yeah. And I think that that is a telling um, uh, issue, especially when like there's so much pressure on this specific challenge. Mm-hmm. Discover that there's a 40K being mm-hmm. offered to the, mm-hmm. the winning right. team. I mean, that's a lot of money to have on the line on one challenge. Um, so anyway, Buddha picks Ali, which would, who would have been my top choice in the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Victoire picks Nicole next, which makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicole's uh, uh, a very good choice. I would. And they've worked together. I feel like on a few. They've worked together, I think, previously. And yes, I don't yeah. Um, uh, Buddha picks Amar. I like that pick a lot. It's funny, you know. Um, he says like they come as a bundle, Ali. And yes. And, yes. And again, like the good vibes. <laughs> yeah. I think Ali may not be like the most um, high end chef, but he's again like energetically speaking him and Amar that feels like it's it feels good it feels, it feels really good. yeah like you can see it right when they stood next to each other when they're next yeah to each other. I was like oh I mean this this is this challenge feels over to me mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. unless there's some something really wrong they're just mm-hmm. energetically you want the right mix yes um and then Victoire picks Gabri which makes sense I, I totally understand this and Buddha uh, just get Sarah and Sarah is kind of annoyed because she's like, you know, I'm yeah. going to start restaurants. <laughs> I, I get it. But here's the thing. Like uh, I understand why they passed on her because she has, in terms of her stylistically speaking, she's done the most rustic style food mm-hmm. for, for sure. The, the two chefs that have done to her the most rustic stylistically food. And, and there's no diss on that. That's just, I think that's what their focus was when they were thinking. Yeah. Um, so we find out Victoria's team will serve first, um, followed by Buddha's team. The winning team gets 40K. So they split off and start working on concepts, okay? Um, Buddha suggests United Kitchen, which they all sort of pause and think about um, because Buddha is like, we really need the nail concept because there's no front of the house and they're going to obsess over this concept thing. It's mm-hmm. even more important than normal. Tom suggests Roots because all four of the chefs are from different continents. Um, and uh nicole puts the pumps on brakes on that for a minute but then they all sort of agreed roots is the right decision mm-hmm. um and then eventually buddha convinces his team to go with united kitchen because it's uk it's kind of playful yeah a bit yeah. everyone can do a take on a uk dish right um and they were like, okay, once they started thinking of like actually thinking of dishes, it kind of made sense for them to do this. Um, it's very clear Buddha wants like control of the situation. Yeah. Um, uh, even later is asked, like, who's the executive chef? And he's like, well, we yeah. all work together. It's like, oh, but God. it was kind of obvious, like Buddha took the lead in a and lot Buddha of ways. And he and you know what? He's like, listen, I'm sure if they had been on the bottom, he would have gone home. Mm-hmm. Cause he's like, I, you know, but in any case, um, uh, so they, one of the things that's interesting to me is the reservation book gets, um, decided here, which I thought this was so strange because it's an issue for the roots team, but not for the UK team. As we find out that Tom suggests that they have sort of like a slower start to the night and build, yeah. right. Where right, right. it's very clear UK somehow had decided at some point that they were going to have sort of more of an even, there was no uh-huh. ramp up, mm-hmm. sort of like, we're just going to get hit, and we're just going to be, you know, plow through and have it become more even service. Um, which makes, again, a lot of sense. Um, Claire, so, you know, Claire Smith is so huge that even Buddha on their way to the, uh, to cooking uh, and picking up, I'm sorry, uh, picking up a, uh, produce and stuff he says like she's my mentor cooking for her on the her on the show is bigger than winning the show like he that's and it kind of really sets the tone of like how much 
he reveres her and also like the kind of pressure he's putting on this specific challenge. Yeah. I think he would be like devastated if they lost, honestly. I think he was like, Oh, of course. Would have been devastated. There's nothing yeah. than failing at cooking when you're in a cooking competition, but failing in front of like your someone you mentor, yeah, someone you admire and someone you really, respect is a whole other thing. Yeah. So the shopping, a uh, couple things here. Victor and Tom and then Buddha and Sarah for the respective teams go to the market for the veggies and produce, Nicole and Gabri and uh, Ali Omar respectively go to the market for proteins. Nicole is bummed they only have frozen lobster at the first place they go to. Uh, eventually they find uh, fresh lobster for her. Uh, Tom and Victoire leave a huge basket of veggies and produce at the store. And it, oh, that's it's, right. It's one of the many the... dominoes that sort of set up not a good path for this team. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the the this basket this missing basket really makes it like affects gabri the most right uh, he has to he's pivot mis- uh yeah he's missing the the, the um the cauliflower yeah right? which which i mean even uh i mean to be fair tom was even even went and said like i need the pr- like the nicest cauliflowers you've ever you know like at the store like it wasn't he just they just somehow between him and victoire left this basket I don't no. know how, how I, I don't even understand how that's physically possible between two people, but they both were like, yeah, we got it. Um, so during the cook, uh, for, for them, Gabri, I'm sorry, Nicole's the tortellini is not working out. Mm-hmm. Filling is seeping out. They're not coming out. Right. So she has to make them pre-service is only able to make about half of the, the proper amount. Yeah. Um, as the chefs, as the, as the judges sit down, which they're sitting literally at a table, like watching them, watching them. I mean, it is like they're facing them right on. Like there is yeah. it's all sitting in one direction. It is aggressively. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't and like they've done. They've done open kitchens before for um, yes, yes. restaurant wars. Right. Yes, But oh, this is nerve wracking. Remember though. last year, was it last year they had the COVID year? Where they, yes. Where they oh, smoked. where they didn't have other diners. It yes. was just it, them, it was right? Just the yeah. table. And then they right. had, uh, it was like a U. Yes. Or it was like a U. Yeah. Like you can't, there is no hiding anything. Whereas this is like, okay. Um, and on top of it, there's other diners in this restaurant, mm-hmm. right? But it's aggressive. And you're cooking not only just for the judges, but also for the three-star Michelin chef who's, you're in her kitchen. It's, it is so yeah. nice. Yeah. this. Um, but the twist is there's a food critic in the um, I in, love it in the room. It's like with, a scene from the bear. <laughs> no, it's Jimmy. Uh, I apologize for mispronouncing this. Uh, if I do, Famu Rewa. Uh, he's delightful, as we discover. Oh, yeah. Um, Loved him. Uh, and of course, you know, they're like, I'm so curious. All the judges are like, I'm so curious what the food critic is going to say. Of course, yeah. basically just parrots everything they had already said in mm-hmm. every. You know, um, uh, and it's very, actually very nice to all of them. Yeah. Um, so Tom is, I guess, the chef of this group of Root. Um, Nicole, Nicole's energy as she gets more stressed is is more curt mm-hmm. and and just more harried. You know, there's a point at which because of the way they, de- they developed their restaurant book in terms of the way seating happened, there's a point where she has to fire 18 pastas. Yeah. Which is just, I mean, she won't play more than six at a time. Um, 
it's 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 crazy. Yeah, um, she's getting super frazzled, and it's like you can and there and they can see it, and they're wondering they why it's taking so long in between it. the two dishes. Yeah. Um, so let's go through the courses. So first course we have Tom. Uh, he did uh, the leek and the chestnut, which is comfy mm-hmm. leek with leek velouté, black garlic chestnut puree. Dish looked beautiful. Um, who doesn't love a dish that's um, veg forward like this? Yeah, it just um, not look like a beautiful start. To, yeah, great, great start. And I think, I mean, if you can make a leek sing, that tells you a lot about the chef. Mm-hmm. Um, next was this. Um, there's a long pause because of this situation with the uh, tortellini that Nicole had that um, there's a really big pause for that between first and second course, but they finally got it out. Um, and it's a shellfish tortellini lobster, king prawn and vermouth beurre blanc. Um, there's general consensus from everyone, including random diners that it tastes fine. The flavor is very good. Yes. But they had issue with the, um, the pasta, the, the pasta, yeah. the, the thickness of the pasta, as well as the, uh, shape of the tortellini. Like I think Claire Smith says something along the lines of like, it's not the prettiest tortellini I've ever seen. Uh-huh. And it's partly because it, it didn't set. Right. Like it, mm-hmm. it, like it just got formed, you know, minutes before then, um, as opposed to, and she, and Nicole admits like, I should have, I don't know why I didn't put, you know, make a, a roll of pasta to, so it's easier for me to, if I needed to make another last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, um, third course is Gabri. Um, given that he had to pivot without having cauliflower, yeah. I, I was really impressed with this dish. Uh, yeah poached sea bream with black uh, utape and trout caviar. They yeah. said this was delicious. They thought that the um, sauces were a little muddled and would have yeah. been having another texture. Visual, because visually it just looked, I'm, it, I'm sure it tasted delicious. Visually, it just looked a little like. Um, One note. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't sure what was going on in there. It looked very Yeah, murky. it would have been nice to have like. Uh huh. Like the cauliflower, right? You know, would have brightened yeah. up the look on that dish, yeah. and I'm sure it, it would have obviously added um, more subtle, just like more volume to it. You know, in terms of um, right the way it looked. Um, they did a pal cleanser. Gabri did this uh, pal cleanser, which they all love: the grapefruit and citrus sorbet. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge pal cleanser person, but um, I'm not either. Like, I guess, I've wait, been, but it's also been a while since I've been offered a. I was just about cleanser. to ask, like, when's the last time you went to a restaurant? I know. Cleanser. I. It's been. I. I. I couldn't even tell you. Is it's, it the 1980s? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's very like. Yeah. It's very somewhere. like. Right. Yes. Yes. No. Who does that anymore? I don't know. I. I just. But I, that I, being said, like, if someone were to offer me a palate cleanser today, I'd be like. Oh, it just feels nice. like you're adding time in when it's not, I mean, it has to be a really leisurely mm-hmm. dinner, but anyway, um, whatever. So, um, fourth final course is Victoire tiramisu my way rice flour cake with mascarpone and plantain cream. Again, they thought that the dish was, uh, good. Um, I think it failed in terms of like, she didn't really explain that she was using it. I mean, she did, but it didn't feel like it, it merited the, the thread. Like the, the big issue for the entire meal was they felt like four different courses that were in no way connected. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're making your restaurant, they need to feel in some way connected. 
you know. Um, yeah. There's this restaurant that doesn't exist anymore. Um, I can't remember the name of it in LA. It was in like a strip mall, but this chef, I believe they got a Michelin star. I can't remember the name of the chef, but he did um, a tasting menu and every course there was one element that would tie to the next dish. So uh -huh. very much um, like, oh, we have onion in this dish, the onions in the next dish. And then the next, and it felt like a, like kind of like a relay race in terms of a mm -hmm. baton being handed off. And so as a result, like you never felt uh, from my, ex from people I know who've eaten in that restaurant, you never felt like it, uh, it was uh, random. Lost. It felt connected. And yeah, yeah. This, this, I mean, it's hard because again, like, any restaurant that you go to that does a sort of tasting menu has spent days, months, weeks working on these things. And these people are given such a short amount of time to figure out this part. Um, it's very frustrating. Um, so second, second uh, restaurant goes mm -hmm. up and it is UK. Um, it feels crazy. Uh, the way that they make it out pre-service that they are like just kind of behind, you know, uh, between Ali specifically uh, for one of his elements in his dish, as well as uh, Buddha, they just feel like they're never going to get ahead of it. <laughs> it, mm -hmm. it makes me really nervous for them. What uh, is the time lapse between like the first restaurant to, uh, and the... It has to be the same day. It, that's what it feels like. But then I'm also like... It's kind of like one a, of lunch. What a quick... Dinner. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, it felt like because they had to clean up between the services. It's not like yeah. they wreck the kitchen and then leave. Um, it felt like lunch and dinner. Yeah, it felt like they gave them enough proper time. Maybe it's like a three-hour break between. I don't know, but it did. It it was definitely the same day. Like I did, think so because the judges were wearing the same clothes. Yeah, yeah, they right. I mean, yeah, it was just a break of like four, three to four hours. You know, right? Um, because United Kitchen, the, Sarah like goes to the maitre d or the front house manager and shows a written out service book about how they want sort of the service to go and i was like oh wow that's next level Incredible. yeah uh-huh um, so even though they had sort of a in terms of pre-service anxiousness about the creation of their dishes it ended up being a fairly smooth service um uh, the editors a top chef wanted to create some some anxiety for all of us um uh, so let's go through the dishes uh, first. And again, these are what the UK United Kitchen, what they decided to do was sort of plays on um, English dishes, uh, mm -hmm. UK, uh, whereas Roots was inspired by their own, each of their own personal uh, culinary backgrounds. Right. So UK, um, Buddha was first with a full English breakfast. He did a, Coddled egg, bread, uh, black pudding, truffle toast, and tomato tea. I love like, the idea of all this, all of that. This is amazing. Oh, and just so, as so Buddha, as Buddha gets, so man. smart, and just like I mean, what a way to start a a, a meal. I mean, this guy. Yeah. and that tomato tea. Like <laughs> I don't know. Like the the they poured it into a wine glass and it just yeah. I mean it looked like wine, yeah. but like the minute like you know the diners like put it to their to their noses yeah. it's just like everybody's just like ooh like yeah. you know and, everybody's and, transformed. Uh, uh, it's really incredible that he he really considered all the elements that go on a 
English breakfast. He loves an English breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was really an homage, a proper homage to it. Um, I, the tomato was like my least favorite part of the English breakfast. And I was mm-hmm. like, I love the idea of having it be it, a drink. Yeah. Like, yes. Um, and also like um, it's forward thinking, but also what I love about it isn't just like he didn't puree tomatoes and it was like, there you go. Tomato juice. Like, yeah. No, he actually thought about like, how do I make this? Ele- completely elevated and unique and just yeah I they just, all freaked out was, over it. Oh, the only criticism i think that was made was like um the that they felt that uh claire smith thought that the bread pudding the black pudding was uh a little crispy um but whatever uh, whatever <laughs> <laughs> you just have to find something <laughs> second course was amar who can i just say amar was running the pass amar's again amar's energy is perfect for pass yeah because yes. he's organized, smart, and calm, which are the three things yeah. you need when you are at the past. So his yes. door dish, he does a scalloped tartare with fadovan uh, and pickled vegetables, which on paper looks amazing. I was really nervous about this dish because the idea of doing tartare, which, you know, someone like Tom who obsesses over all fish that's raw being as mm-hmm. cool as possible with a warm butter, Vaudavan butter. Yeah. Uh, I was like, this sounds, this could be disastrous. Yeah. Yeah. Weird to say the least. Weird. And you know, it's funny. They all admit that's true. They all thought that yeah. was strange and they all loved this. Yeah. Thing. And that's like the, that's such a, that's such a win on Top Chef when like all the judges are thinking like, oh, what? And then they try it and then they're like, wow. Well, and I actually think something. That they, this team really benefited from uh buddha here you know mm-hmm. buddha i'm sure was like i don't know about that and then had it and was like okay here's how we can make this and he even says like you got to make sure that the butter is warmer because you don't want it to solidify mm. you know it's like little things like that where I'm yeah like, See, there's always has to be someone who's really thinking about like the judge's experience in particular and right. so and what they're like by the time it gets to the table mm-hmm. yes, yes. yeah um yeah third course was sarah she did a cullen skink uh, which is a leek wrapped cod, potato, smoked onion. They love this dish, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, and, and it looked gorgeous on top of it. Uh, so Sarah, you know, getting some uh, validation for being chosen. I also really like the name Cullen Skink. I know. Like, who comes Skink. up with these? I know. I know. You know? Really like, good. Welsh rare bit. Like, right. <laughs> Yeah, His everything. Names. Is, yeah. There's a famous quote from someone where it's like, uh, "All English food is based on a dare," and so you know, oh yeah, dare. yeah, I believe so, that. Fourth course was Ali. Uh, he did a lamb loin with uh, frika and apricots, and also did a, a Cornish pasty, braised lamb wrapped in phyllo dough. Um, there was there was a this this was not nearly as successful as I think Ali would have wanted it to for various reasons. One of which was he had to make the pasty essentially a la minute um, because of the te- the humidity in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so the plating was a little wonky in terms of like um, actual plating for this dish. Um, he became so obsessed with this dish that he did not notice that his sauce had over reduced, so he didn't have enough of it. Yes. So what ended up happening and, to the judges was that they they got some, but he couldn't to make it through the service. He couldn't actually 
give them too much sauce Mm -hmm. and all over like we wish we had more sauce yeah and that's what brought tom back into the kitchen right 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 it's funny to me because he does this thing where he gets up and check something and they're like what are you doing you know like why are you trying to freak everybody out indeed and of course it does i will say there's a there's a thought i had which was claire smith sort of in the like culinary world is huge i mean it's like Mm -hmm. thomas keller or you know like huge and tom has a it has a a, is very esteemed chef but is not from a critical perspective seen in that light and i always think whenever they bring out a chef who he sort of deems as like someone who's really like important or big oh that's interesting like that dynamic that are like yeah I'm the top. I'm the guy. I'm just this like, is my show. <laughs> this is my show. I'm gonna get up and look and yeah. make freak out this. Yeah. Like there, and I'm sure he did not a- actively thought of this, but it's something about it, like he's the only guy there. The just sure. the dynamic was like I need to take control of this situation yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And again, I don't think he did it. Um he didn't premeditate this. Mm-hmm. I mean, just in the moment, he kind of got, mm-hmm. you know. But I do always think whenever I see a chef where I'm like, oh, that's, you know, a huge deal that this yeah. is there. I, I always feel like there's this tension of like, I want to just show you this is my show. I'm the t- I'm the top judge here. Yeah, so, right, right. Uh, so he did like things <laughs> like funny. that. That's funny. Um, uh, and then finally, uh, we have Buddha who does double duty doing first and final course, mm-hmm. um, does a strawberries and cream with basil ice cream, strawberry jam, milk gel, and inverted meringue. I mean, dear Lord Buddha, I, I mean, right. man, you're just <laughs> unreal dude. I, I just, I, I, I don't know if this to our program at all, but I just think you're awesome and i he's very impressive i have to say like just watching him yeah i mean there's so many elements on both these dishes oh oh my gosh yeah yeah because he's in the first and fourth dish Mm -hmm. he basically just decided i'm gonna stress my entire body out for the entire (laughs) and and he's also based i mean essentially he's also leading this team from you know, behind, like, because yeah. a mom do, is done in front of the pass. You know, most chefs would be like, but he's like, no, 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 I've got to make sure. And I just am so, I've always loved Buddha. He's amazing. He crushed it. Um, yeah. So yeah. as we as we discover, the Roots team is on bottom and uh, UK wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and they named Buddha the the winner. Uh, you know, he did two dishes. So well deserved. Right. I mean, he deserved well it. Deserved. it was yeah, just, yeah. yeah. I mean, of the four, you know, you know, five. Yeah, of the five courses, Buddha did two of them, and they were the two best courses of the five. So, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt he was going to win that. Um, mm-hmm. On the bottom, you know, it was heartbreaking because I I don't think they really wanted to send anyone home. I mean, whoever does. But it became very clear that Tom wasn't going to go home because his dish was was very, very good. Yeah. Um, and um, I just felt like it was between the other three. And Nicole's pasta itself just wasn't strong enough as a dish yeah. to make yeah. it through. So Nicole gets eliminated, which um, uh, sends her to Last Chance Kitchen, uh, where she is up against Charbel. Um, yes. And uh, the chefs are given 45 minutes to cook pasta dishes, incorporating root vegetables. I love that Tom just is like, let's just run it back. Let's just make yeah. you face your biggest fear. <laughs> just doing it. 
doing something you just did. Yeah. So Charbel does a ravioli stuffed parsnip with brown butter sage and toasted pumpkin seeds. And Nicole does a Parisian gnocchi with gruesome artichoke, bacon, and leek fondue. It's close, but Charbel does win. Um, mainly because I think Nicole had like, it was too salty, he said. Yeah. yeah. Um, she went, when she was salting the leeks, it was yeah. the leeks, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's sad because Nicole is a very, very good chef. Um, yeah. And uh, it was one yeah. of those like stupid mistakes too, where she was yeah. like, I should like, why did I put so much, like so much yeah. leeks on the plate? It could have just been a little, a could've, little bit. Yeah. It could have been more of a, a, yeah, a garnish. Garnish. Or, um, yeah. But Charbel, who I, I mean, I'm more and more thinking he's going to pull out of this. I do too. Uh, I really hope he comes back. I he's love really Charbel. He's really good, man. He's yeah. really, really good. And, and the fact that he's able to, he's shown his ability to do well in these shorter challenges versus, you know, yes. versus these elimination challenges. I mean, he had one bad cook that sent him home. Yeah. I feel very, very positive about him going forward, especially because yeah. I think that, you know, people like Gabri and Victoire, I'm not certain will do well in that, in an LCK mm-hmm. end up there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I mean, I feel like Charbel, she has to be the odds on favorite to come out of LCK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did you see the preview for next week? Um, Where are they going next week? Remind me. I did see it. It's Indian food. Oh, oh, that's right. They have the um, what do you call the with all the little the yes. like a tali yes. plate or something yes. like that. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh and dear. I'm like, oh, this is going to really. Well, you know what? I mean, at least they're all in it together. No, no, no. <laughs> right. It it reminds me of there's a uh, which episode was it or which season was it? I can't remember. It was four or eight, but they actually like cook. The chefs had to cook dim sum. Uh huh. At a at a, at a dim sum at a, restaurant, at a, dim pl- a dim sum place, and it was disaster. It was like disaster, but they oh were all sort gosh. of in it together, you know, because they got too chefy about it, right? They're yeah. Like, um, uh, in the same way, I feel like when you're all given sort of the same challenge of like you have to attack yes. or deal with this specific cuisine, that is a big ask, um, and I, I I am nervous for uh someone like Victoire. Um, but I, I also feel like, you know, I don't know if Amar is going to do well in this challenge. I, I think, it, I think it really that. depends. I think something like Indian food, like at least the, you know, the, of the, it looked like South Indian food. I couldn't really tell from the quick preview, but I think so much of it just has to do with like experience and exposure to the cuisine. Cause sure. if you've had it and you vaguely know what it should look like, what it should taste like a little bit, I feel like that could go a long way. Well, and again, as we as we mentioned in the last episode, making Indian food for a panel that includes Padma. Padma, of course, is, yeah. Is, I mean, already, like, that is hard. But then you're yeah. thinking, like, the cuisine she knows better than anyone on the panel. Yeah, is yeah. Is very nervous. Yeah. I think it's I think it's going to be surprising because even like you think about like someone like Tom, who's from Germany, who you don't think would have had a lot of exposure to Indian yeah, food. Yeah. But he's made a few things here and there. And yeah, he yeah, made yeah. like a he, he made like a Sri Lankan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, almost inception, he, right? Like someone's yeah. going to make a mistake of like, I shouldn't have decided to make this dish. Like he just it, like they they it's all about what dish they end up picking and doing. Yeah. I'm curious how they all end up divvying that, that those sort of decisions. Right. Maybe there is no, they're just like, you have to kick Indian, pick whatever you want. Um, yeah. I'm curious about that. 
But um, oh, I'm excited. This yeah, it's going to be a good one. I, again, I, it reminds me of like street food in terms of like, yeah, like these are not, you know, a lot of Indian food doesn't sort of from a visual place look like super appetizing in the classical sense. But like uh, because mainly because it's like usually one color. Mm-hmm. That, that's not, it isn't because it's not delicious, just because it's usually just like a protein in a sauce with right it's like delicious and like very satiating yes it's not like visually like i it's, it's a stew so it's like you yeah know, have it sort yeah of, you know, texturally and visually like colors and stuff so right very excited to see what they're going to do with it um uh i am ner- i am nervous for all of that now me too um <laughs> someone, someone yeah. too lightly and it's going to be such a mistake <gasps> Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, you're right. I mean, even like, who knows? I mean, like everyone, Buddha included. <laughs> you know, you know, and you think again, like these are the sort of things where like someone like Buddha, he has to really, especially give it how he did in that um, the the family dinner challenge. He really needs to be humble about the way he approaches this yeah. and be like, OK, I really not get too chefy and like, yeah, just, I got to just yeah. keep this. Just. They just want to do the, it. It's all about the flavor in this specifically. I yeah. Think. We're, I'm curious what they're going to have them do. All right. We'll see you next week. Everybody. All right. Thank you. Bye. You can show your love for the Draw Knives podcast with a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also share this on social media or send this episode to the top chef fans and foodies in your life.